The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Before we get started with today's interview, I want to say thank you. Keep Calm and Mother On has reached over 100,000 downloads, which is amazing to me because this podcast is spread only through word of mouth. So thank you. And for that, if you go check out my Instagram, the links in my profile, Everyday Runner Christie, you will see that there will be giveaways, lots of giveaways until May 8th. 2022, which is Mother's Day. Thank you for being here. You're exactly the right mom for your kids. And today's topic is perfect, even if you don't have teens yet. There's a lot of foundational work you can do with littler kids so you can have more confident teens when they reach those years. I am so excited to host Natalie today. She is kicking off the teens part of the March Madness because when moms think about things that drive them mad, teenagers are high on that list. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Natalie, how did you fall in love with teens? How did you decide to help parents and teens? <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, I kind of joke that I'm immersed in teenagers in all areas of my life. So I kind of had to like them. <laughs> um, but I'm a school psychologist um, by training. And I'm also an academic life coach. And my work as a school psychologist has been in a public high school in the Cleveland area for 15 years. Um, and it was through that first job that I discovered I really like working with this age of kids. You know, they're old enough to have a conversation with you. They're old enough to have goals. They understand what motivation is. You know, they've got big dreams, a lot of them for their future. Um, and I just really liked this age group. And I was also a cheerleading coach for a long time. Oh, cool. And I guess I didn't realize how much those girls relied on me and looked up to me because at that time I wasn't that much older than them, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it really just, it was a special relationship that I had with those girls and with the students I would see in the high school where I worked. But there was something about um, kind of the day-to-day -day and paperwork of my school psychology job where I just felt like, oh gosh, I've got to find a different way to connect <laughs> with these teenagers because I spent more time writing reports about them than I did having quality conversations. And yep. that's how I discovered life coaching. And then my love for teenagers, you know, just grew times five because <laughs> I could really connect with them 
see their progress over time and just have this continuous relationship, which is really special. That's awesome. I find as a mom to two teenagers, one of my biggest hurdles with teenagers is that they have these bodies that look like adults, but their brains are not adults. It's like the analogy I came up with was that it's like when my toddler was like on the 99th percentile of the growth curve and everyone assumed she was older than what she was um, because her body looked older and bigger. But like developmentally, she was still just an 18 month old and not a three year old. It's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, you said it. They look like they have it all together. Yeah. They should be able to do some of the things we ask of them, like manage their time, keep themselves organized, know how to study and be motivated. But sometimes they just don't have that skill set yet, or it's just not quite developed enough. So I'm always cautious of that when I'm talking with parents, because we do expect a lot out of our teenagers, but sometimes they're just not quite developmentally there yet. And do you think... I don't want to throw the last two years under the bus, but right. The stress of the last two years has probably impacted growing some of those skills for this group of teenagers. Yes. You know, I, I do still work in a public high school and the freshmen that I see this year remind me of sixth, maybe seventh graders. A lot of them in terms of their maturity and their social savvy Um, I really just think that that social piece has been stunted for so many of our kids. And unfortunately, it's it's impacted not only their social skills, but a lot of times their mental health, their confidence, their motivation. I I will throw the last two years under the bus as a a big. Right. I mean, I think I think the historical data is going to show that this is going to be a big thing. It's really hard while we're still living through it. And. Sure. And we're recording this at the end of February and right. The world feels like it's on fire and our teens know that they do. And I think it's scary for them when they realize that the adults in their life are uncertain and don't really know how to handle all of this. And this is new for us adults as well. And that's unsettling. So how do we help our kids be confident in this? You work with teens and tweens. Is there an age group that tweens start with? That's an interesting question. So I would say usually around 10, 11, 12, I would start to call you a tween. Um, And then, of course, 13 and on teenager. Mm -hmm. And my work is mostly with high school students. And that tends to be 14 through 18 um, years old. But I do have some students that are in middle school or junior high. And I actually have a few students that some of my coaches and I work with in um, the college setting. So they're obviously okay. older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will work with teens um, and tweens as young as 12, 13. Okay. That's good to know. So as we're looking at these kids that have had a wild ride for the last two years, what what can we do to build their confidence in such an mm-hmm. unconfident world right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting to think about because we as the adults have had so many more life experiences Mm -hmm. than our teenagers have. And we realize the importance of confidence. We realize, you know, the importance of believing in ourselves and being resilient when things come up that we have no control over, that we have to overcome. And we know that in order to continue to feel good or to feel successful, we have to have you know, a sense of self-worth or a sense of confidence that just keeps us going. And sometimes, you know, it's confidence in ourselves and sometimes it's confidence that things will get better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, we have to remember too, as adults that 
all of us can likely remember back to our middle school or awkward <laughs> phase about how insecure we were during those years. And so I think, you know, my first piece of advice is just to have some grace and kindness for the teens and tweens in your world who are going through their awkward phase and living in this social jungle of middle school and high school. It's and it's a bigger social jungle than like, right? Like the, they're internet connected. And, and even if you try not to be interconnected, they know about all these things that are going on out there. Um, And if you're not connected, you're missing out. Right. That's, that's another big difference from when we were young. Yep. Yeah, I um I had the privilege of looking at my like middle school yearbooks a couple weeks ago, oh. and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so thankful for this shock, oh. shocking reminder yes. of how awkward that phase is. Because looking it's at your so own awkward. photos are it's it like triggers everything. It absolutely does, and you know I often say to, to people, I, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to middle school. I mean, I, I like to think of myself as a confident woman now, but gosh, back in middle school, I was so insecure, and even when I was around like a group of my friends, mm-hmm. I still felt lonely. I still felt insecure, and just remembering that feeling is. It still doesn't feel good today. So I think it's part of why, you know, when I'm working with teenagers that I have such empathy for their situations because it's so easy for us to recall what that felt like. And and obviously the world is different now than it was when we were in middle school. So I actually think they have it way worse. than I think did. they have it harder, too. They do. We, you know, we got to turn off the world when we went home. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have to talk to anybody or know what anybody was doing. And now everybody knows where everybody is and who they're with and what they're doing. And that's, that's an extra layer. It and so is. we really have to work on, on building our confidence with our teens. So is that part of why so many teens struggle with confidence right now is that there's just no escape? Yeah. yeah. I do think that that is a big piece of it. And part of there being no escape means that there's also this constant comparison Um, from what your situation is or what you're doing to what everybody else around you and your peers are doing. And there's this feeling of less than Mm -hmm. or not good enough that I think comes with seeing everybody else's highlight reel, the good things that are happening in their lives. Um, And that's really hard for a teenager to process and understand, even if we, you know, talk about social media and say, this is the highlight reel. Like you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in somebody's life, but it's hard for them to see past that beautiful filtered picture, um, you know, or the events that, you know, their friends are doing Mm -hmm. or the places that they're going. That's really hard because there is that feeling of, not being as good or not being included. Yeah. Would it help? Do you think if when like a mom is scrolling social media and she starts to get jealous of those Pinterest perfect houses, if she pointed it out to her kids, do they? A thousand percent. Because yeah. I don't know if we pointed out enough that we're also struggling with the those same feelings of missing out when we're on social media. I think that's something that happens for all of us on those platforms. Yes, I would agree. I think 
Um, one suggestion I would give is to just kind of take that inner monologue that we have as moms. Um, and it can be about anything like feeling like that woman's house looks perfect. How does she keep it so clean? Or how did she make that dinner after she just worked all day? Mm -hmm. Or even how does that woman do it all? Mm -hmm. And taking that inner monologue that we think and voicing that out loud to our teenagers. Now, they may or may not want to hear it, right? Right. <laughs> Depending <laughs> on the mood. But I, I do totally. think it's valuable um, to say those things out loud and to not paint this picture that everything is perfect. Um, one of the analogies I use with my students quite often is, you know, they'll say to me, well, how do you have it all together? And I'll tell them I'm a duck. And what that means is, you know, a duck glides across the water and it looks like it's smooth sailing, but underneath boy, my feet are paddling, um, to try to look like I have it all together. And you know what? I have coffee spilled on my shirt right now from this morning, <laughs> but you can't see it because I'm covering it up with my cute cardigan here. Right. So there is more beneath. I've got surface, lunch on is... my t-shirt, so I threw a sweater on <laughs> top. So yeah, Look, you're in good company. You're in good company. I'm um, sure someone that's listening is looking down at their shirt, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm glad I fit in." Uh, uh, yeah, I I think I have something on my pants today too. I think it's like a banana that was on my little guy's fingers, this morning, <laughs> banana hands. Yes, but that's okay. You know what? I can still show up to my job and and do a good job. Yep. Yeah, I think those in conversations and just reality versus perceived reality yeah. is very important. It seems like right now they all expect to be perfect all the time because everything yeah. looks so glossy all the time. So it must be hard yeah. to feel confident if you know you're not perfect, but everyone else looks perfect. It's very true. And, you know, one of the strategies too, that I'll suggest coming to mind as you're talking is that sometimes our teenagers need like a perspective shift or a dynamic shift. And what I mean by that is it's often the teenagers that feel like they are the ones in need of support or in need of help. You know, I have to go get help with my math project. Oh, my mom is saying I need to get my room cleaned. Like mm -hmm. they're the ones that need the support. But if you can facilitate a situation for them where they are the ones making an impact for somebody else, like a volunteer situation or with the elderly, young children, sometimes animals, because mm -hmm. animals don't judge you, right? Right. That is really powerful. And that's just one tiny strategy, but I find that's a real nice boost of confidence when it shifts the dynamic um, from them being the one who's receiving help to them being the one that's providing it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. What are other ways to shift that inner confidence? Because you mentioned there were two types of confidence, the confidence that things are going to work out good, like there's a positive view of life. And then the mm -hmm. confidence of like, you are good, right? Is that what confidence means? I don't even know if I have a good working definition of confidence well, nowadays. Yeah, I would agree with your definition of it. I mean, I think you know, there's definitely an inner confidence, which you really believe excuse me, what you really believe about yourself, you know, the thoughts that you have within your own head or kind of your inner monologue. But then there's also the confidence that you exude on the outside that other people see. Um, and I think one of the ways that we really need to work on boosting that kind of um, inner confidence with our teens is addressing that we all do have that negative nagging voice in our head that tells us not so nice things about ourselves. Um, and one of the activities that I do with the kids that I coach is that we actually talk about that inner critic and kind of make it almost like a character. Um, we give it a name even. Um, when we talk about 
when we're more likely to hear that negative voice, what kinds of circumstances, Mm -hmm. is it when you're on Instagram and you're feeling less than, you know, looking at all of these filtered pictures, Um, whenever it is, but we like to address when it's most likely to happen and then acknowledge that that negative voice is there. So mine's name is Jessica. I don't know why. I don't have a good reason for that. But I like to acknowledge that Jessica is there. And I'll even say in my head, okay, Jessica, I hear you. But right now I'm doing the best that I can or whatever it is. Choose your affirmation for the day, right? But just to acknowledge that there's this other part of you that's not your true self, but Mm -hmm. it's a little nasty voice and to acknowledge it and then just decide like, okay, but I'm not choosing to listen to you. I'm going to move on about my day or I'm going to do whatever affirmation it is and then move on. I think that's really powerful. Is this something we should be starting when our kids are younger than tweens? Yeah, ideally. Um, I actually, I have a big work crush on a company called Big Life Journal. Yes, I've worked with them. Yeah. Oh, they're they're amazing. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, why didn't I do this first? (laughs) Because their stuff is so great. But their um, journals for little guys are amazing. Their activities are amazing. And I just, I do think it's important to start young. But if you have tweens and teens, it's not too late. Mm -hmm. But I'll put a little asterisk there because I, I will say that it's not too late. However, if you have a teen or a tween, it may need to come from a different voice because you are a mem to that. One of my teens just started working with a coach. And so this this other person was like this nice, calm voice that wasn't mom giving really good tips. And I'm thankful yes. that we have people out there to do that. It's that old expression of it takes a village. <laughs> and I think it took me a long time to recognize that I'm a mom of littles right now. Mm -hmm. My kids are just five and eight right now, but I really felt like I needed to do it all myself or that I should do it all myself. But Mm -hmm. I think it was my youngest son was probably almost four and a half when I like broke down about that. Like I can't do it all. Like I need a swim coach. I need a tutor in the summers. I need my mom. I need my mother. Like I need all these people. Right. And so I think when it's, teens and tweens, you just have to realize like, it's okay. This is a phase. They will come back to you. But right now your voice is not nearly as strong as somebody else's. And that's really because you have, you know, 12 to 18 years of emotion and layers of things with your teen that somebody on the outside does not. Absolutely. This is the age where I wish that I could, we don't live by grandparents, that I could hire a grandma to drive them around to get like those extra bursts of good stuff in there. Um, Because there's so many good conversations happen in the car that I have memories of. In the car, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a great place for, for good conversation. So how can we help? So we're we're helping our kids boost their confidence. We've got talking about self-talk, talking about how we feel those same pressures of not doing enough and not keeping up. How can we help with like confidence in relationships and their siblings? Because mm-hmm. that's a big dynamic that changes when they're tweens. That's a tough one. <laughs> because again, there's so many years of, you know, relationships. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say drama, but like, it is drama. It's siblings. Yeah. But I think like that is bound to happen that there's a lot more sibling conflict, especially in these teen and tween years, because it's when we're figuring out who we are. 
right? And figuring out, you know, the type of person that we want to become and how we handle different situations. And so I would say for any relationship, whether it's with a friend or with a sibling, Mm -hmm. um, even with a teacher, you know, it's just good to have somebody else to talk those scenarios out. Mm -hmm. um, Because I often find that what our teens need is a, a shift in perspective or being able to see things from somebody else's point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, And then being able to also have the skill of kind of reflecting back on something that happened and then be able to say, okay, well, maybe if I had approached this differently, this would have been the outcome. And that's really hard to do in the moment. Um, But if you can do that afterwards, that is a really good skill. It's really hard to do as a mom in parenting moments to pause and reflect, right? Like this is one of those moments where I'm, I'm reflecting on, right. I have so many expectations on my teens of what they do and what Mm. they can do. And it seems like the standards for what teens need to live up to have raised too, um, since I was a teen. And, and I just know that I don't need to have like poison control on call anymore on my phone. Like that hypervigilance of like their body is different, but it feels so much more emotionally driven parenting a teen. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think it's bigger kids, bigger problems and and different types of problems, unfortunately. (laughs) I mean, one of the things you can do is I've got a whole list of them. Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Spill spill a couple. Yeah. And then I know you have a freebie, too, that you can share with us. Yeah, I do. I made a freebie for this um, because I love the idea of building confidence and we all need strategies as moms. And so I do have a freebie, just a PDF download, about 20 of my favorite ways to boost your teen or tween's confidence. I'll be sure to send you that link. Um, so that you have that for your audience. Fantastic. I can give you a few of my favorites yeah. now for sure. All right. One of the ones I really like um, is to praise the process rather than the outcome. And what I mean by that is that we really need to praise the hard work that your teen or tween puts into some type of project, or maybe it's studying for a test. Um, and we really want to praise the process that it took for them to either get the A on the test or win that award or make the basketball team. Because if we praise the process instead of just the outcome, then our teens are more willing to recognize that their self-confidence isn't always based off of a grade or that actual outcome or result that they were working towards. It's about the process of getting there because sometimes we don't get the award, right? Right. Even if we, sometimes we can study really hard and get a C on that test because absolutely. (laughs) Or we can feel really confident about making the basketball team or baseball team. And you know what? Uh, The coach didn't need a a pitcher this year and exactly control. Yep. We just Um, had high school auditions for musical, right? (laughs) And it's like, okay, you got callbacks, but what happens next? Cause you don't know what voices they need. Absolutely. Um, And that's actually not on my little short list I have here with me, but thinking about the things that you can control and not control is absolutely another one. Um, Like in any scenario, what are the factors that you have control over and what are the factors that you don't? And just recognizing those and being able to tell the difference is a big one. Um, I would say if your teen or tween is old enough, Mm -hmm. help them get a job whether that's an official job with a paycheck or whether it's helping out a neighbor or dog sitting or babysitting, you know, it's that whole process of learning responsibility, meeting new people, 
um, making some money and knowing what to do with that money, all of that wrapped up in one little package of getting a job is <laughs> really helpful. And it seems like the number of teens that have jobs has gone down statistically when I read articles. Like teens aren't getting jobs and they're not driving seems to be yeah, the trend. And they're not driving. That's yeah, that's a big trend too. Um, and so if, if that is the case for your teen where they're not driving, that's okay. Look for something around you or something within walking distance. Of course, you know, something that you as the parent feel comfortable with, but right. um, you may have to motivate them with the money piece of it first. <laughs> rather Absolutely. Than, oh, this will teach you responsibility. Right? <laughs> um, but that's okay. And I think, you know, at a job, there are other voices and other yep. adults helping them become responsible young people. And so that's, that's a good one. So what I keep hearing is how important it is for this age group to have other kind adults pouring into them to remember, like yeah. when you have little toddlers, you know that you need the babysitter because you're just mm -hmm. too exhausted. But as yeah. they grow, right, there's no babysitter for teenagers that you can hire. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I wish there were. That sounds great. Right. That's there's right, not right. a babysitter to, so you can go out in the town. You have to trust your 16 year old or 15 year old to be home. But also, you know, maybe that's not what you want. I don't know. I, I think about that sometimes that that you need more help and there's not a babysitter to call on. No, I think it's a matter of just surrounding them with as many positive role models or mentors as you can, you know, whether it's a family friend or a teacher or an athletic coach, or maybe even somebody who's working in the field that they might be interested in. Um, you know what, honestly, there's some really good motivational speakers on YouTube that a couple of my clients like That's awesome. um, that they can relate to. Um, and even though that's virtual, you know, of course they're so used to virtual interaction, but that can be a source of like consistent motivation. Absolutely. There are some YouTubers that we've watched as a family that feel like family now with the, with the coronavirus, right? Like watching yeah. videos of Mr. Beast on the TV, we've gotten to know Mark Rober and different people because so we chose to spend time as a family that way to invest in yeah. our kids. Cause we have to be curious about what they like too. Absolutely. No, I a thousand percent agree with that. And I, I think to kind of follow up on that too, um, thinking of some activities that you can get your teen involved in bonus points, if it's something physical, uh, like running, yoga, mm -hmm. some type of exercise, but it's so great for their mind and their body to do something physical. And even if it's not necessarily physical, like how great to just be in a group of people that are sharing a common purpose and yeah. maybe even a common goal. Um, for some of our kids that are a little more introverted and don't want to do something in a large group, you know, look into something individual um, like golf or book. Uh, golf or bowling, or yeah. like maybe even try a gym membership, um, mm -hmm. they can work with a trainer or work by themselves. Um, but find some type of activity um, that they can get really into, and hopefully find a, a group of peers or just find like a sense of comfort in being alone, but doing something they're enjoying. Absolutely. These are great tips, because this age group, <laughs> it just triggers all the things. And then we lose our, our thought process of how to best help them. Yeah. 
I, I feel like I need a manual for my little guys, so <laughs> I can relate to that. Just tell me what you know, it, it's a wild ride, but I know that whoever's listening, that they're exactly the right mom for their kids because they're really invested and they love them a lot, even though it feels hard and uncomfortable yes. and crazy totally agree with that statement. (laughs) (laughs) It's not easy, but little by little. So how does academic life coaching work for teenagers? How would someone find a life coach for their teenager if they're like, okay, they've got a sport, they've got other things, but they need one more person to help them out? Yeah, absolutely. So you can do that a couple of different ways. Honestly, good old Google search for <laughs> academic life coach um, around your area would probably come up with some results. It is a fairly new field. A lot of people don't know that academic life coaching exists because it is different than therapy. Yeah. You know, it is different than tutoring. Absolutely. Um, academic life coach is, is helping teens or tweens be successful Um, in the school setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So things that you think of that it takes to be a good student, like managing your time, being organized, (laughs) knowing how to study effectively, all that stuff, right? That we There are so many steps. (laughs) (laughs) So many steps. And and navigating all that is very difficult. Um, But then also, you know, we work on the skills that it takes to be successful just in life. And so, you know, one of our pillars is building confidence. That's and actually, it's the first pillar, Mm -hmm. we usually start our activities with building confidence, because if you get this boost of confidence, okay, then you feel like, all right, so now maybe we can move on to the next pillar, which is managing stress and anxiety. And once you can do that, now we can talk about executive functioning skills, you know, how to be successful in school. And then we can get to the fourth pillar, which is planning your future. And so we just, we work on all of those things mm-hmm. one-on-one um, with our students. And really most people find us either through our Facebook group, mm-hmm. um, which is parents raising successful teams or good old Google search or yeah. just referrals from current students. That awesome. Yeah. And I love that flow. So confidence to stress reduction, and yeah. then you can finally tackle executive skills. Yeah. And goals and what life could be like. Yeah. And then plan your future. And honestly, sometimes we start with a a different one. Yeah. You know, if we have a student who comes to us and they have studied hard for tests and they keep bombing them and they're frustrated, we're going to work there first. Absolutely. In building that skill set, now we're boosting their confidence. So for some kids, it's not, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. Um, it's kind of but like it's, a circle. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as we both as draw we circles in the air here. Yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of like all directions. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I really love the work because it just allows us to meet with somebody one-on-one and meet with them, you know, where they're at mentally and kind of be that cheerleader on the sideline um, and help hold them accountable for the things that they say they want to improve on. Yeah. That's that's fantastic because I know that there's a <laughs> there's a lot of stress on these kids and everyone I just am amazed by what it must feel like to be a teenager right now. Yeah, and I think you know the reason why coaching is so successful I, I can think of two big things off the top of my head. One is that we are providing the container to have these types of conversations mm-hmm. with teenagers that they may not have otherwise, or somebody may try to have that conversation with them, like mom or dad, but they don't want to, they don't want to hear it. Right. They're not open to the conversation. Right. And, and then the other half is that 
the connection between a coach and a student is really important. Mm -hmm. You have to click personality wise. And so I often joke with my coaches that I'm a matchmaker. You know, when I, when I hear <laughs> you family, are, you know, when they call, I'm thinking, Oh, my coach Megan would be great because this is her background and it matches beautifully with this kid. And I know mm-hmm. that she's really into basketball and he plays basketball. So it's, you've got to find somebody, you know, whether it's a, a coach you want to work with or a therapist, whoever, yeah. somebody that your team can click with and feel comfortable with. And Absolutely. sometimes that's just gut instinct. Yeah, you know, they might meet a person for the first time and just instantly know, okay, I can talk to that person. That, that's fantastic. They just need one more calm, caring adult. It makes all the difference when you add okay. that to your team. I was just going to say, if you can find somebody too that, you know, will of course work with your team, but also communicate with you mm-hmm. because you are still mom, right? Yeah. Like, you want to know either what happens in these sessions, if it's not every detail, at least just right. a general outline so that you as mom or dad can follow up appropriately at home if you see fit. Yeah, yeah you need a framework a little bit of the new words that are being used or the conversation. Right. So you don't like accidentally trigger some explosion in a door <laughs> slam because you're like, yeah, oh, you okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm trying to be curious. I'm not trying to sound judgmental. Like, that's not where I'm coming from. But it (laughs) it takes a lot of work to take a step back. That's one of the biggest thing I'm working on with teen parenting right now is like, how do I look calm when I don't know if that's what I'm feeling? (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good one. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't have teenagers myself, but for my own children, I choose a mantra for the day. And usually it's the same one. It's usually I choose peace because when I'm about to explode with my littles, Uh I just try to take a deep breath and think I choose peace right now. So choose your favorite mantra. (laughs) That (laughs) is fantastic. Take a deep breath. (laughs) So, so with that, we're going to transition. Do you have another self-care idea or is that your self-care idea for moms? Oh, I have another one. Um, Another one that I really like to do um, is I don't know if you've ever heard of the strategy where you kind of count down from five, but what you're doing Ooh. is you're using your different senses as you count down. So for example, you think of five things that you can see right now, Okay. four things that you can hear, three things that you can feel, whether it's like, you know, actually physically touching something or like if you're outside, feel the sunshine mm-hmm. or the wind two things you can say to yourself and one thing that you can taste or that you wish you could taste in that moment. And it's actually, it's a mindfulness technique and a grounding technique so that when you are in a moment of overwhelm and frustration that you can just kind of decompress for a minute, come back to this moment, you know, recognize where you are and kind of ground yourself a little bit and going through that five, four, three, two, one stops, I find to be really helpful. That sounds like it would be really good to like stop the catastrophizing thoughts that are possibly looping in a moment. Like it puts you back into the room. Yes. It's a lovely distraction (laughs) and grounding technique. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that one that I'm going to use that. I'm going to write it as a sticky note on like my phone as a note. There you go. Because, yeah, <laughs> when you're when you're not feeling like you're in the room because there's so much in your thoughts that that's when big things can happen. Yeah, I get I get to a moment with my little guys where I, I can like feel it building in mm-hmm. my chest that I want to like yell or like 
I don't know, like walk out of the room for a minute. And so it's, it's those moments that I recognize, okay, I've got to do something. My husband makes fun of me because I hide in the laundry room or the pantry a lot. <laughs> that is where I listen to, um, I have the call map and I like those the real quick meditations. Yeah, they do. that's a and great I one. I also use the Voxer app with mm-hmm. my college girlfriend. Um, and I a to the men. In the laundry room. Yeah, because motherhood is way too important to do alone. You've got to have people on your team. Oh my gosh. I, I really don't know if I could do it without my college friends telling me that what I'm experiencing is normal or that uh-huh. they, they've had that same experience before. It's very helpful. Very, very helpful. Yeah. My tell is um, I noticed that my jaw is tight. Like I've clenched mm. my jaw without noticing it. And I'm like, okay, got to go do okay, something that's different. The sign. Yeah. Yes. It's good to recognize what it is. I, I can feel a tightening in my chest. So it's good good to know what it is. So how are you having fun as a family? Or do you have ideas for a mom to have fun with her teens? Either one will work. Yeah, actually, um, in my family, we we're a cooking family. My husband kind of wears the crown with that. He's, he's the chef, I can follow a recipe, but he's the one who knows what he's doing. And my sons really enjoy being in the kitchen with us. Um, And one of the things that we've been doing recently is a version of chopped on food network Yes, where we just take a bunch of random ingredients and we each come up with something, but then <laughs> we all vote and the loser has to eat the other creations. And so it's kind of funny <laughs> and sometimes it's a little gross, um, but it gets them, you know, working on their kitchen skills and it makes them laugh and it gets all of us in the kitchen just actually having a really nice time. Um, and so I recommend the chop challenge to anybody. I love that one. That is, that is so much fun. And those Ooh. shows are fun to watch with your kids. Like, have you watched the chop yeah. junior? Like, it, Oh yeah. We watched that. And the baking junior, I forget what that one's called, but those kids are amazing. Yeah. And talk They're about fun. like growth mindset and role modeling. I was like, how did they oh, figure yeah. that out? Like we, we pause the show often to have conversations. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. I'll have to do that. My kids are like, stop talking. (laughs) Yeah, I just pause it. They're like, oh, again. But I'm like, okay, come on. You got to use other people for your teachable moments. It's true. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Where can we find you, Natalie, on the internet? Yeah, sure. Um, Our website is www.lifesuccess.com for teens.com. It's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> it will be linked then, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a great idea. Um, and then we have a Facebook group for parents um, where we offer tips and strategies and freebies. And I always link whatever podcasts um, we've recorded. And that is called Parents Raising Successful Teens. Okay. And we do have parents of tweens in there and college students as well. Excellent. And I'll put that link to that group in the show notes too for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am so glad to have found you. Uh, It definitely makes my motherhood feel less alone and less maddening having having two teens. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for connecting with me. And I hope that people walk away feeling like they can find confidence. Yeah, thank you, Christy. It was a pleasure. I hope that you're walking away from this episode realizing how much we need other people. Motherhood is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. Don't forget to join the new texting community where I send you random self-care adventure ideas. Just text the word 143 to the phone number 904 904- 
595-9576. I am 100% thankful that you're here and that you're on earth with me in this moment and you are exactly the right mom for your kids. If you know a mom with teens or tweens or someone that's going to be a teen soon, text this episode, Make the Burden Lighter. Make her village bigger. Thanks, everyone. Let's keep calm and mother on together. Bye.